Welcome back to the Wrath of Khan Minute, the semi-daily podcast where we analyze and discuss Star Trek II, the Wrath of Khan, one minute at a time. I'm Chris LaSalle. And I'm David Stoker. Hey, Dave. Hello, Chris. Happy Wednesday. Yes. Uh, and we are welcoming back a guest this week, uh, Mr. Josh Horowitz from Five Minutes of Trouble. Hi there. Hey, Josh. Thanks for having me back. Yes. We're yeah, glad thanks to have for coming you. Back. Yeah, thanks for coming back. You have that smooth, silky podcast voice. <laughs> Thank you. When they start giving out awards. <laughs> the smoothest and the silkiest. I don't know. I think that goes to Tom Taylor. He's got a really good one, too. He, d- he does have a really good voice, too. Yeah. You know You know what I'm going to say well, since we're talking about it? Also, if I was going to vote for the nicest guy in podcasting, Pete Mummert. Pete Mummert. Yeah. Oh. I was going to say the same thing. Yeah. Triple props to Pete. Yeah. I mean, he, yeah. he's he's actually the one who helped uh, get uh, the, the Five Minutes of Trouble podcast started. He introduced me to, to Brett Stillo, and he's been uh, a recurring guest on our show. Very nice guy. And uh, yep. Hi, Pete. <laughs> hey, Pete. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, so we're here to talk about, yeah, we're here to talk about uh, Minute 89 of Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. Uh, minute 89 starts with the Reliant popping up on the Enterprise's view screen and ends a minute with Khan's shaking hand rising above the helm console of Reliant. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. This is a lot going on in this minute. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I guess so, give you a good minute here. Lots of action. Yeah, this is what this is a good one. Um, so yeah, we left off. I think when we left off the last minute, um, Kirk had just said, "Look sharp." And we're just looking at a staticky screen. Everybody's squinting, right? And then boom, we all see it at the same time. The Reliance sitting there, dead center, mm. in the middle of the screen. Um, and uh, Dave, what happens next? Fire. <laughs> I'm waiting all podcasts to say that fire. <laughs> so yes, Kirk gets off a fire. Yes, um, and get... Chekhov hits the doorbell. Yeah, we and, get to uh, see that white joystick button again. And then yeah, so can we talk about? So now we get this uh, this fantastic dead-on shot uh, looking down the barrel of the torpedo yes. tube, right? Um, and it lights up. And it looks like a little door opens to me. <laughs> I don't know if I'm imagining it. Uh, and then you just get this ball of energy like flying out of the screen straight at us, um, which is awesome. Uh, but we still haven't figured out, Josh, um, we, we talked about this in, in previous minutes. We haven't figured out how that black, shiny torpedo uh, turns into this giant ball of fire. Ah. It's like when does it happen? Because as soon as the as soon as the thing lights up, it's a big ball of energy just flying at us. So is it is it the the launching process that converts it to you know what's happening? Does anybody know what's happening? Yeah. I don't. That, that's always been my my thought when I've seen these Star Trek movies because uh, it is pretty consistent, at least in the in the motion picture version, that it's always this kind of this this ball of energy and it's. You know, it's got that lens flare thing going on. And yeah, it, it must be once it leaves the, the launcher, it it lights up like a candle, I guess. All right. We missed them lighting the fuse, I guess. Maybe that's the part we missed. <laughs> you just see this this old timey crew guy with the uh, you know, this sort of long matchstick thing, you know, lighting, <laughs> lighting the wick. <laughs> Already, sir. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you think do you think if they made it, you know, obviously they have 
they've made Star Trek. We're still getting Star Trek movies now. You know, Star Trek Beyond was just out this summer. Um, but uh, I'm surprised we haven't been treated to the, you know, uh, them loading the torpedoes, getting a new shot of them loading the torpedoes, but they already are glowing orange and everything. You know what I mean? They're like, they're already look like they're a, a ball of energy just contained in some kind of field. Cause you know, they would do that with special effects these days, right? Yeah. No kidding. I don't know. I, I guess, uh, you know, again, it kind of harkens back to what we talked about in the last minute about how it, it has that very submarine like feel where the torpedoes are, you know, they're, they're in these kind of long tubes that yeah. feels like something really old. And, you know, it's only when it gets shot that suddenly we're, we're, we're in the future and it's these type of <laughs> type of shots. <laughs> That's right. I like that. Hmm. Firing torpedoes into the future. <laughs> yeah. The, the, the thing that I noted about this, you know, it's, it's a cool shot that we see when it, when it gets, you know, the, the torpedo, you know, gets shot toward, Toward us, toward the you know the viewer, but then when you see the uh, Reliance engine exploding from the impact, it, it always felt a little jarring to me. I was almost expecting that you should see the torpedo traveling just a little bit until it actually hits it, but uh, but no, you know we, we get the quick shot and then boom, it's already blown up. And I'm wondering was this just because of budgetary concerns? They didn't want to have to actually show something striking it. So. I actually have been scrubbing back and forth on this particular part of the minute because I had that same question, like, hmm. what direction are we looking? So we're looking at the Reliant head-on, the same direction the torpedo was coming from, so it was coming towards us. And actually, there's a bright yellow light in the back of the, I guess this is the torpedo bay for the Reliant. So there's a bright light, in it, it, and it looks like they did sort of cut, cut it quick. And it just is a flash, and then the, the device, the, the torpedo bay for Lion blows up. So it's mm. almost like the explosion is coming forward. Yeah. Because I had that same exact question. I'm like, where, why do we not see the torpedo actually hit? And mm. we sort of get the flash of light of impact and then the, the explosion. Mm. Yeah, it, it looks like it's like one frame of, you know, the torpedo yes. about to hit it. And then right. it explodes, yeah. But then we get the guy, and we had the question too of like, how much, you know, where's the rest of the crew from the initial explosion of when they, um, you know, when they crossed paths in the first part of the nebula, you know, a lot of them on the on the on the bridge had died. So here we get another indication that there are pe people still sort of roaming around the ship, and unfortunately for him, he must have been in the torpedo bay because he gets completely blown up. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, I started counting bodies. Um, oh. with, there's actually two guys there, Dave. There's two of them running down the hall. And, oh, are there? Oh, yeah, there are. Wow, I thought it was one dude. Yeah, oh. So I said two down. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, wow, you're right. That it's, yeah, it's really yeah, hard to see. It's, yeah. it's the, the guy with the, the long hair, and yeah, there's somebody behind him. Yeah. My note about this one was that it's it's a very Star Wars shot of con's crew members getting hit i mean it just reminded me of the stormtroopers and the death star yes yeah, yeah totally totally up. yeah yeah getting rocked across the hallway and sparks and yeah hmm. i i will have to i gotta come back to the the explosion though when they when the reliant gets hit um yes and i'm, I'm doing it just to be a jerk right i'm coming back to point out it's this this explosion always bums me out a little bit because it looks a little modely to me a little bit yeah it's hmm. the the way the the way the way the body shakes, um, you know, it just it looks like it's made of plastic, oh. <laughs> and I feel bad. I always feel bad when I point those things out. <laughs> yeah, it does a little. 
a little bit. Is it? It's not just me. No, it it, it has a little fakeism to that to it. Well, willing but suspension I'm a, I'm of disbelief. <laughs> for this for this part, I definitely give it a pass. All right. Yeah, I'm not going to say it ruined the movie for me. I'm just saying, like, oh, wish it could have been a little more real. Hmm. Although this uh, minute, this minute gives me a better indication of how long it takes them to load a torpedo. Because we see, and I know I'm going to sort of jump forward in the minute here, because we see the torpedo, then we see phaser, and then we see torpedo again. So it obviously takes them, you know, about 20 to 30 seconds hmm. to get that second torpedo loaded. Oh, you answered a question I had. Because yeah. um, Kirk gets to say, after those two henchmen go down, Kirk gets to say, fire. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and this time, the Enterprise fires phasers. Right. And my question was, well, why? Who? How did? The, how did the? How did the crew know what Kirk wants them to shoot? <laughs> but you're right, Dave. If they're reloading a torpedo, the only thing they'd have at their disposal. And they only have one torpedo bay because the other one is blown up. Because obviously they could have alternated ah. torpedoes, but because ah. this, the one on the left is completely destroyed, they only have the one. So yeah, I think the crew would have to know. And in this case, as we talked about last minute, this might be a Sulu job. So Sulu would be where, you know, Chekhov is, uh, you know, pushing the button. Uh, Sulu's probably firing the phasers. Hmm. Got it. Yeah. Nice. And this is I an interesting shot, too, because, you know, we see the phasers sort of do their maximum damage when there's no shields on. I mean, the, right, yeah. from, from previous minutes, whenever you see the phasers, they kind of leave this kind of lined scorch mark across the hull. But here, uh, you know, it, it really blows up that engine. That is a fantastic. Now this this explosion, I love. Yes. I mean, first, the whole thing looks like you know it lights up the whole nacelle, and maybe there's a chain reaction going on first, and then it explodes. But I do love this shot a lot. <laughs> this is a, a a tidbit that I have not confirmed, but I believe this is the last time in the Star Trek movies that we see the Enterprise use its phasers. Really? Really? Yeah. Yep. Hmm. Uh, according to my sources, <laughs> aka Google, um, the rest of the time that uh, in all the other, well, obviously, uh, any any other time the Enterprise uses weapons, it's photon torpedoes. Hmm. So this is the last time, and I'll make a note of this for you know all the other movies we do, Dave, in the future. Okay. <laughs> to, yeah, you're to gonna have to make a note because I'm gonna forget that when we get to. Uh... Yeah, because I was I'm very surprised because I I. I will say I prefer phasers over torpedoes. If I was going to pick a weapon, I like oh, yeah. phasers. You got to go. Yeah, you got to go with the got to go with the phasers. And to think I was here for this episode. <laughs> <laughs> the last phaser. I mean they they do do phasers I guess in the uh, the newer Star Trek movies, right? I mean yes. I think they're called like like the Borg, you know, ones and all that, you know, they got the phasers in those movies. But yeah, I guess the original original ship I'm trying to think, like, obviously they're on the Enterprise. I mean, we're obviously way off tangent here, but now that you've opened that can of worms. You're trying, you're trying to remember. I'm trying you? to remember. So, well, we know four, they have the Klingon vessel. So that's out. Ah, uh, yes, right. Um, episode five, they are. Do they even that, shoot anything at all? Yeah, <laughs> I'm trying to think. I, uh, <laughs> no, because, yeah, because Spock becomes the captain of the Klingon vessel there. And I think he uses the phasers or the disruptors. On the bird of prey, mm -hmm. and then in six, it's a photon torpedo. It's a photon six. torpedo. Yeah, I'm, mm -hmm. I, 
I'm going to have to do more research, but just thinking off the top of my head, you might be right there, Chris. Well, Your sources I, I, <laughs> might be right. Sources Google point to you. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so anyway, yeah, I thought that was a, a cool tidbit, but yeah, we should definitely uh, keep an eye on it. And Dave, I got to say uh, kudos to you for noticing the um, <clears throat> the torpedo bay. Um the, the reason they shot only one torpedo is because the other torpedo bays down. I, I know we know that we've talked about it that that's right. what got that's what got uh, kind of raked in the the last um, attack by Reliant. Uh, but I didn't even notice it when we were. You can see it in the two shots in this minute that the the right hand or the right frame uh, torpedo bay on the right is all yeah. all burned up and, and scorched, and I didn't even notice that. So you just gave me another detail to uh, see in the future. Well, yeah, you you posted that on the on the on the Facebook and Twitter today about you know how they actually used a whole separate model just for the damage. You mean on Sunday? Yeah, I mean on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> Edit that out. <laughs> uh, but anyway, wow, that's yeah. Bad. So this, no, that's some good detail there. That's cool. All right, I lost my place. Where were we? So phasers have been fired, destroying the nacelle. And fantastic explosion. And the guys go flying. Yeah, the two guys in the engineering go flying. So two more down. So they don't have two. any any uh, safety railings. Uh, same idea, Death Star. You know, no safety stuff. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I think in Star Trek, safety. Ra- I think railings are there, but they're only meant to be there to get thrown over. Because <laughs> they actually they never do anybody any good, and maybe that's why they're not in Star Wars because none of the railings work in Star Trek. You always get thrown <laughs> over them. True. This guy's no exception. He goes tumbling. Mm. Um, I think that's the only shot, too, we get of the Reliance engine room. Mm. It's the first yes. time we've seen their, their uh, warp drive. So, yeah, that's two more, right? That's So that's four henchmen down in, yep. in the first 20 seconds. And then we lose, we lose at least two more uh, when the torpedo completely blows the nacelle off and the bridge... Yeah. And there's looks like there's at least well actually one two three four maybe still alive on the bridge that they all get it so that's four more down. Now I had a question about this. I mean it's an awesome scene when we see the uh, you know that nacelle that engine get uh, blown off. But where is the bridge in relation to that engine? Oh, way up top. Yes, so it's Wait. far away. It's probably as far away as you possibly could get. <laughs> So why so much damage to the bridge? <laughs> it's, 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 that's just that classic Star Trek question, right? Yeah. <laughs> why does so much feedback up into the bridges? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, because that's a. I was surprised at the note, Dave, that there's 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 still crewmen walking around on the bridge after yes. the last. After right, the last Joaquin, right, Joaquin was dead, and when we when Joaquin died, there were other would look like dead henchmen. Uh, on the bridge, didn't look at, it didn't look like anybody survived that last round of attack. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but now you've got four of them walking around with Khan. Yes. I mean, you still have the woman who was on the helm. She's still slumped over the console. Right. Mm-hmm. And she gets bounced around quite a bit. So I was wondering about the uh, uh, the, the stage setup. You know, we always joke around that, or, you know, the joke is that people are just throwing themselves left and right, you know, right. When, there's, when the bridge is getting rocked or whatever. I was wondering if this if this stage actually moved, because it looks like she actually uh, she oh, moves or, around a little bit. Or she just moves herself. Oh. Hmm. Which, 
up until this minute, I hadn't really known. And again, one of the pitfalls you fall in, you have when you watch these a minute at a time is you see these things that you can't never unsee. <laughs> so now I, I'm always going to see her hand moving. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I like the fact that the, the camera actually tilts like a good 20 degrees a little bit just to show that things are now off kilter. Yes, oh, yeah. as it's starting to list, you know. I didn't notice that before. Yeah, um, and I do like that when it's when it's consistent, right? Because then they cut to the exterior shot of of the Reliant, and it is listing in the same direction. Yep. Uh, the uh, the armature is spitting mm. flames and ions, and yeah, what a great yeah, shot! Lighting. It looks yeah, great. The under- the underside's all lit up, right? And I was presumably it's lit up because of all the the burning that's going on uh, on yeah. the cell. Mm. Yeah, it's nice and scorched. Are there any other Star Trek movies or episodes where you actually see a part of the ship like that just totally off? I got I, I can't I cannot recall one, um, but I got to think that they they must have they must have done this at some point, like in Next Generation, right? They had pretty good budget in, in Next Generation. I could see them doing this again well i know that in i don't know if so obviously again we're going to fast forward to search for spock here and it blows up and obviously we see it from the saucer (laughs) saucer section exploding Mm -hmm. and then i don't know if pieces we see other pieces sort of raining around or anything Hmm. or if it just sort of the because i know we see it sort of falling from the sky I'm gonna have to you know, it's funny, Josh. You know what that makes me think of when, when you say that is, <clears throat> there's I think there's a couple there's a there's a scene in Next Generation for sure when I think one of the times the Borg attacks and gets maybe comes all the way I forget if it's the movie or the TV show and it, it gets all the way to almost to Earth mm-hmm. and the Enterprise shows up too late and it has to like fly through oh yeah all the debris of all the debris field oh, and, yes and, hmm. and there's just chunks of starships floating all around and I. I still remember getting this kind of visceral feel of seeing that carnage, you know, just like, oh my God, it's like looking at, almost like looking at bodies, even though it's, it's just these, you know, these massive starships that are just look like, you know, they've been blown to bits. And, um, well, that's like the reboot as well is like when they go, um, you know, the enterprise is late getting to Vulcan and then, you know, as they come out of warp, they just see all the ships blown apart. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, and there's something about it. I, I always, I always look at the Enterprise as a character, just like Kirk and Spock and McCoy. And, oh yeah, um, yeah. And so there's, uh, I don't know how they do it. You know, these, these, uh, even the Reliant, I look at it as a character, and um, mm. I feel a little bad for it right now. Yeah, I mean, in contrast to you know some of the traditional Star Wars movies, you know, usually things and those things, you know, they blow up and you don't see the different pieces that are still left over. Right. I think they they kind of rectified that in the in the newer movies. You do see a lot more bits of ships kind of coming apart and stuff. But but yeah, that that, that was one of the things that always seemed to um, remind me that I'm watching a Star Trek movie. That you know, it, it is a little more visceral, perhaps. Right. Right. So. So yeah, so my notes were at this point that um, we got eight henchmen down. Yep. Uh, in just this one minute, and I know I think we there was a total of fourteen, right? So I yep. think we've I think they've Ooh. we probably confirmed that they're all dead at this point, mm. except for Khan. <laughs> except for Khan. Well, do we know? Do we know he didn't make it? When do we know that, Chris? 
<laughs> when do we know that? Well, we do know at the very last second of this minute, somebody's alive on Reliant. Yes, yeah, someone is alive. We mm. do see, well, it's a gloved hand start <laughs> to come up over the console. So I have a guess as who it might be. <laughs> <laughs> um, any other thoughts on this minute, guys? I think... Uh, well, we do have the, uh, you know, Kirk giving Uhura the, the command, you know, Uhura, send to Commander Reliant, prepare to be boarded. Of course, she immediately responds with her repeating, Commander Reliant, this is Enterprise, prepare to be boarded. <laughs> I had a note here that, uh, you know, after all the all the animosity toward Khan that, that Kirk's had through this whole movie, you know, he's still, he's very cool about how he tells Uhura, he's like, you know, tell the Commander of the Reliant, prepare to be boarded. You know, he could have probably said this with something with a little more, brava- you know, bravado if he wanted to. You know, what if he said something like, you know, how you like them apples, Khan? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tell Khan I'm coming over there to kick his ass. <laughs> and then yeah, Aurora very... responds, you know, okay, you know, Commander, prepare to have your ass kicked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's very formal. They get very formal all of a sudden. And, you know, you think the heat of the battle, you would... You would you wouldn't maintain that formality. You'd be more all riled, like yeah, <laughs> I got him. Well, yeah, wouldn't he just say Uhura send a con? Yeah, send a con. Uhura, uh, open a channel, and I'll take it from here. Hmm. Because every other t- time he's talking to Khan, it's he's like Uhura, open a channel, and then he's like Khan, I'm laughing at you. You know, like here now he's like giving her the command to say. Prepare to be boarded. Is that a Aurora task? Maybe it's like a a Miranda Rights thing. Maybe huh. there's something he has to do formally. Like, all right, you know, we're about to wrap this thing up. I gotta make sure we formally ask him to surrender oh. before we oh. do anything else, right? It does seem like it's just protocol. I mean, considering yeah. how much damage he did to the ship, it's it's kind of obvious <laughs> that they're not going <laughs> to do much here, right? Yeah. Do you think Kirk's thinking here? We can reclaim the Reliant, like we can get the ship back. Probably, I think so. I think that's why he just disabled it, right? He didn't. Yeah. He didn't. He didn't shoot it in the heart. He shot it in the leg, hmm. <laughs> right? He just wounded it. Yeah, I didn't think of that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. Well, uh, do you guys have any other notes for this minute? Nope, I'm good. Nope. Good here, Josh. I have a I have a question for Josh though. Yes. Um, Josh, do you remember the first time you saw Star Trek Two? Any yeah. memories of it? Or uh, I. I don't think I saw that in the theaters. I want to say that I've I've seen it on video for the uh, for the first time, and I just remember I I liked it. I think that was probably one of the first Star Treks that I had seen. Uh, but I was always grossed out with the the whole scene with the SETI eagles. Uh, just I I don't know if I really wanted to watch the film too much as a kid because I knew I'd have to get past that that scene at the beginning. Right. Uh, but. Uh, but yeah, uh, it was probably in the I would say the mid mid eighties on uh, an old copy on VHS that probably came from from cable or something. Right. Do you remember the first one you saw in the theater then? Uh yeah. I, I you know what I think the only one I ever saw in theaters from the original series was six. I, I do specifically remember going and seeing that one. Uh, and you know, always neat to see a Star Trek film on the big screen. Uh, Star Trek wasn't wasn't my first thing to go to. I mean, I, I like the movies. Uh, I was always more of a Star Wars person. Uh, but uh, I, I went on and I saw a lot of the the openings for some of the later Star Treks, uh, you know, the Next Generation stuff and some of the remakes. Right. 
Yeah, there's something about Star Wars and Star Trek, right? They don't, they're you know they're both science fiction and they're both, but they but they they definitely live in their own genres almost, right? I mean, yeah. Star Wars very science fiction fantasy, I always think, and Star Trek's just much more, you know, the future of you know our world, you know, the future of Earth, right? That's that's right. Right. where Star Wars was a long time ago and far far away. Um, and it's it's just always it's always interesting to me that they've never really there's rarely an overlap or a st- storytelling is they're very unique to one another and uh, mm-hmm. so it's, I guess that's why you can like them both equally or mm-hmm. I don't know. No, if you want more of the realism, you kind of you kind of delve more towards Star Trek. If you want more of the uh, you know the the mystical stuff and kind of the, yeah. the space opera feel, you go for Star Wars. Right. Right. Yep. Exactly. All right. Well, then, shall we wrap it up here? Sure. All right. Cool. Well, then, folks. Um, oh, Josh, why don't you uh, do you want to share with folks where they can uh, find you online? Absolutely. Uh, you can find me and my co-host Brett Stillo over at Five Minutes of Trouble. We're the only podcast on the internet that discusses the big, uh, the John Carpenter film Big Trouble in Little China, five minutes at a time. You can find us at Five Minutes of Trouble dot com. We're also on Facebook. Uh, we're on Twitter at Five Minutes Trouble. And uh, yeah, check us out. We have a weekly podcast every Tuesday. Awesome. All right, great. And folks, you can find us online as well. We're on Twitter as WOK Minute. We're on Instagram at Wrath of Con Minute. And we're, uh, we've got a group on Facebook, the Wrath of Con Minute Listener Federation. Um, so uh, check those out for us. And um, we're going to be back here again on Friday with Josh uh, to talk about Minute 90 of Star Trek II uh, here at the Wrath of Con Minute. Fire! <laughs>